presents the Pick 6 Podcast, featuring CBS NFL writers Pete Prisco and Will Brinson, NFL insider Jason Lockenfora, and host Nick Costos. You want NFL talk? We've got NFL talk. From training camp to the Super Bowl and through the NFL draft, our fearsome foursome has you covered. This is the Pick 6 Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Will Brinson, Nick Costas. It's Sunday night. There's football that got played, Nick. We just watched a bunch of football being played, and it was delightful. Except if you're a Giants fan, we will dive Which into I am. all of the Which games. I am. <laughs> yeah, you are a Giants fan. You were holed up in Stamford, Connecticut at a hotel room running from a hurricane. I am located in Chateau Brinson in, uh, in Raleigh, not running from a hurricane. Turns out this hurricane is going to go due west of North Carolina. Um, hope everybody's safe. Everybody be safe. Uh, but there's football back. We will talk about that. We will get to the Sunday night game of the Giants and the Cowboys. We will talk about the Rams. And their breakout performance. We talk about the, the Colts who might be tanking worse than the Jets. We will get to all of the games from Sunday afternoon, the full slate, the biggest storylines, everything you need to know. If during Sunday you want to hear us talk about something, you can tweet at us at the Costos for Nick, at Will Brinson for me. You can subscribe to this podcast by going to iTunes or your podcast app in your phone or Stitcher or whatever you use. Subscribe. You'll get this downloaded. Like you'll get it Monday morning, and you'll get this sent to your phone. You'll listen to us on the way into work or while you're working out, and then you'll want to kill. And how good is that, honestly? Like, what more could you ask for? Who wouldn't want to listen to us talking about football while they work out? That sounds like a a delightful thing to do. Um, I need to look at the Pick Six Podcast League. You can still join. It doesn't do you a whole lot of good because we're already a week into it. But we got like 1,200 people in there, which is pretty cool. Has Um, Prisco joined yet? Prisco is in, I believe. Char Furnace. Real name and uh, Jerry Painter and Steve Burgess currently tied number one, I believe, uh, for for all for the top picks. We will talk about our our super contest picks, which <laughs> did not well, do well. M- m- I still got a chance to finish above five hundred here. You're screwed and Prisco screwed for sure. Yeah, I'm toast. Ten going ten. So these guys, these three guys who were tied for first in our in our podcast picks league, went. 10 and 3. That's really good. Against that, that's ridiculously yeah, good. And this was I a tough week, too. Five. I did terrible. Oh, my God. I'm way down this list. Um, yeah, I went 6 and – what's that? 6 and 7? That's garbage. Can, can, you search, can you search for me to see how I did? I sure can, Nick. You did. Yeah. I don't think I, I – maybe yeah, I won 7. 6 as well. Um, 6 as well, yeah. Yeah. And so what we do that break down these games against the spread, you know, talk about your bad beaters. But first off, let's talk about the Sunday night game. The Giants, the Cowboys played. Odell Beckham did not play. Ezekiel Elliott did. Zeke Elliott had, I think, over a hundred yards, hundred four oh, yards. He, yeah, but he had um, he had a hundred, almost one hundred and fifty total yards, one hundred and forty total yep. yards, thirty six uh, receiving yards on five catches, one hundred and four rush yards. He looked really good. He's going to be fine if he keeps playing. Um, you mentioned it on Twitter. Mike Florio pointed out that he he might be off the field. It's possible. We don't know what's going to happen. But he's gonna the, play. That ain't happening. I think so too. The Cowboys didn't treat him like he was gonna be missing for six weeks. Like they treated no. him like he's gonna be here for the full season. Um, Odell Beckham did not play, and the Giants are awful. Awful. Their offensive line is garbage. They couldn't protect Eli against a, a, a Cowboys pass rush that should not be that great. He gets like the best job in protection they did. Did you see, have you seen the, the, the video that the NFL tweeted out where it's like the Giants offensive linemen are doing the intros as Eli's being sacked? 
And, and, and look, NBC really screwed the pooch twice. They missed two plays because because they had the, the player intros go along. And I'm going to pat myself on the back, buddy. I don't get a lot of stuff right, as we just said. Only six picks right against the spread. One and two right now in the Super Contest. I freaking nailed what was going to happen in this game. And I nailed what was going to happen with the Giants. It's so obvious. Like, the offensive line is horrendous. Like, they made this Cowboys team look like the 2000 Baltimore Ravens rushing the passer. And the Cowboys... Don't really have a lot of good pass rushers. John Jerry should not be on an NFL roster. Like I wouldn't. John Jerry probably couldn't start at the University of Alabama right now, and he's starting at guard <laughs> for the New York Jets. Bobby Hart in the preseason retweeted something Pro Football Focus put out there that he had not allowed a pressure in the preseason. Congratulations, Bobby Hart! In probably the twenty snaps you played, you didn't allow a pressure in the preseason. But when the bright lights came on at Jerry World on Sunday Night Football, you got beat like an absolute drum, Eric. Flowers had a decent first 30 minutes of football. You know, Al Michaels and Chris Collins were talked about him like he was Anthony Munoz, and then the wheels predictably came off in the second half. And oh, by the way, Eli Manning regressing. No He's, zip washed. On, He's washed up. He's washed no up. zip on the fastball. That interception by Anthony Brown. Oh my God, like how many quarterbacks in the league would have thrown that pick? Like, he doesn't have the arm strength anymore. And you know, like, Giants fans come at me. Like, shut up, man. Like, like, why are you hating on Eli? I'm obsessed with Eli Manning. I love the Giants. But I have to tell it like it is, right? This team stinks. Like, they'll be better when Beckham comes back. You know, they'll, they could win eight, maybe nine games this year. But don't get it twisted. This Giants team that you saw tonight, Sunday night, that's the team that you're going to get this entire season long. They're going to waste a great performance by the defense. This team is not going to the postseason. Not. And a few more red flags when talking about the Giants. One, you know, I think their best matchup, at least from a personnel standpoint, is the Cowboys in this division. And, you know, like, like they match up really poorly against the Eagles. Do you know what's going to happen in two weeks when the Giants play the Eagles in Philly? Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham might put Eli six feet under. So the the Eagles managed to get seven quarterback hits, unless it's hurries and I'm being tricked here, um, on Kirk Cousins, sacked him five times, four times, excuse me, and generally just menaced him. That is a really dangerous defensive line. They are going to thrash Eli Manning. And if Odell Beckham's back, I think the other thing we saw too, and we joked about all the slant, 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 slant stuff to, to Odell Beckham that Ben McAdoo likes to call. Well, the thing about those slants is that it's sort of, it's not, a, it's obviously not a trick play because it's a very simple play. But the trick is, is that if you run that slant, it alleviates all that pressure issues because it's just a quick one read dump. And then you just, and there's only one guy that they can do it with, and he happened to not be playing tonight. He, but he, but like they just like it's not like it's a guaranteed ten yards every time. It's like you're hoping he just jailbreaks one, and he uses his athleticism to do that. Now he's got an ankle injury. I'm a little nervous about having taken Beckham in the first round of fantasy drafts because I'm, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, when they when Michelle Tafoya said that he'd been doing ten hours a day of rehab, and that and like, seemed that seemed excessive. Yeah, and he's not back for the. There's game. no chance. There's no chance. Also, that's why true. did you fly him to Dallas? Like, 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 what was he, was he getting treatment on the plane on like the five, the four and a half hour flight? Was he getting you know, treatment? You know, he didn't get 10 hours today because he was flying to Dallas. And, um, and also stood on the sideline for three hours tonight. I don't know if he got the 10 hours yeah. today. I, 
I don't know. Maybe let him sit down. I have to you know. Have to I, I mean, yes, he has an injured ankle. You know what you do? Hey, oh, hey, oh, Odell, stand for three and a half hours. If I could nitpick on the Cowboys a little bit too, I would say that I didn't like their approach to throwing the ball a ton. Now, look, oh, they won. Jason Garrett, man, what a br- how about down by the goal line early? Like we both tweeted it within seconds of and each everybody other. Everybody did. It's like, what do you 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 threw the ball three times from the like, two. You've got Ezekiel Elliott. How about you hand them the best offensive line in the league and the ball? Like at some point, Garrett's going to screw them when it comes down to it late in the game. But I just think Dak is so freaking good, and I'm so impressed by Dak, and I love Zeke. And when Dez isn't one-on-one with Janoris Jenkins, he's going to have some big games this year. Cowboys are good, man. I think this is a playoff team. By the way, way, I'm going to shout out. I keep putting my mic away so I can drink beer. Um (laughs) <laughs> I have a long tradition of like a like we, when Ryan Wilson and I used to do the podcast. We do it on Sunday nights too, and you're just like you know I've been working all day. I'm going to crack a cold one. So uh, Ip Ipswich 1620 New England style IPA, pretty solid little brew from Ipswich uh, up in uh, Ipswich, Massachusetts. Never even heard it before, but not bad. How, how about the fact? And we can talk about this maybe when there's was less stuff going on. I, I had my trip to to Connecticut to get away from Hurricane Irma, like. I, I can't even like it was like Steve Martin in planes, trains and automobiles, like getting up here, like the makeshift studio that we created in Connecticut. It's actually a really good job by by the higher ups at CBS. What a freaking weekend this was. But I'm exhausted, man. But I am yeah. fired up to talk football with you even after my team got at least, handled on at Sunday. At least night. you're a um, like a single like you're like you're not you know, like you're not like dealing with a while. Although, actually, if you're a single, if you're like a guy with like three kids, you're like. Yeah, they're going to keep us up here another month or so. <laughs> one of the best, do, one of the funniest text messages I've ever gotten. And, and I don't think I gave you mm-hmm. enough credit for it at the time was what you sent me when we got back from Vegas saying, I would give anything to go back to an apartment with no one in it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was classic. in my house. I couldn't like, even function with my kids. Today, we actually had my, you. Uh, I don't know. I think podcast listeners sort of know my pal Zeke. Zeke was in town. Wow! Yeah, Love we Zeke. went um, we went pretty huge on Saturday night. So I bet little, you did. Hung out, little, hung out with Zeke in San Francisco right before Super Bowl uh, Fifty One. No, that was Drew. That was Drew. Oh, it's Drew. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Zeke is Drew. Zeke, also a dude. No, no, no. Zeke is Zeke's from Zeke's from Clinton. He's a guy that talks like this. Branson. Yeah, yeah. 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 Zeke. Uh, we got we got pretty banged up on Saturday at the uh, at the state tailgate, and um, then at one point there were there were five adults and four kids eating K and W in my house. It, it was it was a real like one o'clock. It was a real zoo. But everything calmed down, got some nice hours in football. Um, and I, I checked out a couple of things that really stood out to me, especially in the late games that I want to hit on. And, unless cool. you have anything else you want to hit on the Giants about. I'd like, I mean, I think that, I mean, I think, I think we've said enough. They, they well, suck. Actually, yeah. you know what? I'm going to do a better job segueing. So the Giants have offensive line issues, right? Do they do. Do you know do. who else has offensive line issues? Tell me, Will. Actually, a couple of teams, Nick. Um, I read about this in Sorting the Sunday Pile, which people can find on the site. Uh, should be up shortly. By the time you listen to this, it is definitely up. Uh, I thought the Seattle Seahawks have a major offensive line problem on their hands. Russell Wilson was running for his life all day long. He was hit or hurried or whatever the hell the stat is um, in the official NFL thing. It's just his QBH. Like, is that a hit or a hurry? Has to be uh, hit. Could could go either way. I think right? it's like, probably hit. Yeah. I think it's hit too. Um, seven times. That's a lot for Russell Wilson, who is a really – you know, mobile guy escapes easily. He was constantly on the move. Did you see Eddie Lacy's stat line? Uh, well, well, I I, I know carries, that he was brutal. Five carries, three yards. Russell, yeah, 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 yeah. He's fat. 
Like he's not, he's not good at, and, and, oh, and, and it's like, I'm shocked because there was no evidence to suggest that Luke Jokel would suck in his role as offensive lineman for an NFL team. Right. I'm so, I'm shocked that that happened. Yeah, I am too. Right. And I think when you start to sort of look and it's, it's dumb. And I've read this 50 times in this article because I don't want anybody being like, it's week one. You clown. What are you talking about? You don't like, I, I like make... that. I like the people that disagree are all like slack jawed yokels that talk like Zeke. I, I like. Really, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I randomly blocked somebody just for like being a smart ass to me on Twitter uh, this afternoon. He got really mad. He's like, "This guy blocked me for that." He was just—he was a Packers fan who was mad that I mentioned that. I was like, "I was like, I, I just tweeted. I said, no flag on this.' Jimmy Graham's being groped in the end zone by the ref. By by two. No, he actually got like 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 stone cold Steve Austin. Like he got the stone cold stunner, and the referees didn't throw yeah, a flag. All these Packers fans were like, "That's an uncatchable ball." It's like Jimmy Graham is six six. Yeah, Jimmy Graham's eight feet tall. Three, yes, yeah, correct. he can jump three feet in the air. That's not uncatchable. Like, Jimmy Graham can catch anything. Okay, like if he's being held down, it's uncatchable. Um, but uh, I thought that the Seahawks. Given how badly the Packers were in Russell Wilson's kitchen all day, particularly Mike Daniels, I thought the Seahawks are a team that is you have a major red flag for, just like the Giants, a team that's supposed to be a contender, a team that has a very good defense, a team that wants to have a strong running game and has a has a franchise quarterback, had such a terrible offensive line performance that it is a a, a and we knew they had a bad offensive line coming in, just like the Giants, that it is a serious red flag for their playoff hopes, or at least their Super Bowl hopes, maybe for the for the Seahawks in that case. Oh, it's time for a segue from yours truly, and we'll get back to Seattle in a oh, second. No, no, no. Speaking I know of, what you're gonna do. Yes, you know, well, we're on the subject of the NFC West and, and potential Super Bowl picks and predictions. Um, you know, we'll leave this alone for a second. Uh, we'll pick the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and Carson Palmer's watch. Did you see my tweet? Do you? I saw. You I tweeting. did. I saw I you. I get these alerts. It's like Nick. Cox two separate. Two separate yeah, retweets. Two separate retweets. I, I couldn't. One. One after Palmer's uh, second or third <laughs> interception. The other after the David Johnson injury news. So well, talk about the I mean, Cardinals not, in a minute. I mean, that's not fair. I didn't know David Johnson would get. They went. They evaporated once David Johnson got hurt. Yeah, they were they, they, they were screwed. But Seattle, um, it's not just that Russ is under duress. Are they going to be able to run? And look, the Packers no, defense no. is like the Green Bay's defense. Like, obviously, the strength of that team is on offense. The defense isn't terrible, but it's not one of like you wouldn't think of, that's not a unit that strikes fear into the hearts of opposing offenses. Okay. They couldn't run the ball at all. Yeah, it was it was bad. I mean, Mike Daniels, I mean, there's like a tweet. Somebody tweeted, you know, a couple of pictures just out there. It's like. I mean, like Russell Wilson would get the snap, and guys would just be in the backfield already. And he just he had to you know do the thing where he sprints out, and that defense will win them games, and Russell's magic will help them win games. But I mean, like they can't live off of a, an offense that has zero running game. And I mean, I think that the, in that division with the Cardinals looking like they won't be, you know, if the Cardinals have thumped the Lions. I think I would be. I would be tweeting a lot about the Cardinals Super Bowl pick. Cause <laughs> yeah, of Seahawks, course you would, because the Seahawks look bad. Um, but I, I think the team that we really need to talk about in that division, because the Seahawks look bad, because the Cardinals lost to the Lions, because David Johnson got hurt, because the Seahawks have no offensive line, is the freaking, your boys, the LA Rams. And that's yeah, what I led I'm, sorting the Sunday pile with, because, now look, they play. Can I take my victory lap now, or like not yet, for the, for the Rams? Not yet, right? Did you bet the over on their games, their win total? Of course. I hope you're being sarcastic when you, you say did, that, right? You did, right? Of course I did. I got a huge bet, a huge bet on it. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, you had it early, actually. Yeah. Okay, I was just being sure. That's right. That's right. I, I can't keep track of what we bet on. Um, because to be fair, there is a lot. <laughs> a whole lot. Right? <laughs> There's a real lot. Yeah. Uh, 
Bills under is not actually. We'll get to Bills in a second. But so, and, but, and by the way, just so you know, my balance for the week, I won five dollars this week, and I probably placed about sixty bets on the <laughs> so, NFL or on both. Uh, NFL in college, yeah. yeah I, I got bombed on Saturday night. It's just terrible. It's, it's a, I had another good like early couple, like an early early stretch in the in the, in the afternoon games, and then the the evening games. Like, I was like. Yeah, forty-two beers deep. I'm like, oh yeah, it's gonna cover Stanford. Eh? There's better than USC. Better oh no, I, I actually I went big on you. And by the way, Sammy Darnold, the hype is real, man. That guy's legit. He's yeah, he's awesome. A, yeah, yeah, he is. Um, so but the the Rams, Jared Goff last year, according to Pro Football Focus, my guy Jared Goff. Like you should Jared almost Goff. refer to him as your guy Jared Goff when speaking with me. Uh, he was four of seventeen on passes. Targets 20 yards or more down the field. If you go to next-gen NFL stats, he had five completions like that today. Yes. He's a different quarterback in this system. It, like, I don't think that he's going to blossom into Tom Brady, but I, I think that he— Okay, yes. You may, maybe he won't become the greatest quarterback of all time. Well, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that we're not overselling this, but I think he's going to be— Kirk Cousins? Poor man's Kirk Cousins. I don't think he's going to get four thousand yards and thirty. I think I think he'll be better than Kirk Cousins when it's all said and done. No, Maybe no, no, not no, no, in, I'm, I'm this about, year. I'm about, like I think statistically, I don't think he will be better than Kirk Cousins last year. Oh no, probably not. But I, th- I I'll tell you what. After one week, I might take. I would certainly long term. I would take him over Kirk Cousins right now. I, I want to hit both teams here quickly. Um, well, we'll, get very the Colts, we'll get to the Colts in a second. But, but, but Cooper Cup, awesome. Todd Gurley ran. He didn't run really well. You know, a lot of a lot of volume, but disapp- like you got to be a little worried about Gurley. And I've got him yeah. in fantasy, and he scored, which saved. He had eight carries for one yard in the second half. Now he saved it with the touchdown. He what, what I think should give you a little bit of um of uh of confidence in Gurley. He did play well receiving. Like he had a couple receptions. He did well in the passing game. But I, I am a little concerned about the long term viability of the Rams' run game. But look. Goff was very good. You mentioned Cup. Gerald Everett had the one long catch and run. They still got Higby. Sammy Watkins looked pretty good. He's finally healthy. And Goff really looked confident. And to me, that was the big deal. And the Wade Phillips defense attacking multiple turnovers, a safety, two pick sixes. And by the way, their best player, Aaron Donald, didn't play. They'll get him back next week. So I think you got to feel really good right now about the LA Rams. They're not a playoff team. I never said they would be, but I... No, I, I don't. I don't think so. But this is a team. Remember, people laughed at me when I said they could go eight and eight. I, I still think that that's that could be their record. Their ceiling might be nine and seven. I think this is an eight and eight team. Well, here's the thing: they are going to. I watched a lot of that. They will lose next Sunday to the Redskins in I LA. Think, I don't think so. I think they're a better team than the Redskins. Mm. Um, the Redskins, I don't think, are very good. Um, uh, LA minus two and a half. I'll give you one of my best picks. I don't know. I you know what. I hate that we have to pick yeah, on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, so- we should note, look, the Super Contest screwed us this week. We're going to tell Pete. We're just going to – executive decision. We will tell you the game. We will pick all the games, and then we will just do a separate post on our best bets because it's not – I don't like right. picking on Thursday. Because I went one of four on these effing Super Contest picks, and I didn't like my picks when we finished the podcast. When we finished recording the podcast on Thursday. I hated it. I was I like, we I was like, oh my God. I, was like, like I hate I, these picks. I almost went, I almost changed my picks when I sent them in. <laughs> I was like, no, I can't do that. You know, we did on the podcast. I complained about the podcast. I wanted to change. I wanted to take the Rams. You were tough on me. I was the one campaigning during the podcast and you were like, no, you were with Prisco. Like, no, you have to pick right now. Mistakes were made. Okay. Mistakes <laughs> were made. Um, but look, so the, so the Rams, here's the thing. 
Their next few games, they get the four, they get the Redskins, the 49ers, the Cowboys are going to be tough, but they get the Seahawks. And I think when you look at this division, and then the Jaguars and Cardinals, I think when you look at this division, you see a division that, I mean, the Cardinals didn't look good, right? The Cardinals, and the Cardinals, I believe, think they've lost DJ Humphreys for a few weeks, maybe David Johnson. So the defense is going to get after Arizona in that respect. The Seahawks don't have an offensive line. The Cardinals are getting Aaron Donald back. And the 49ers aren't very good on offense. They scored three points against the, against the Panthers. I think the Rams, and this is week one overreaction, but I think the Rams at least have to be considered a, a team that could potentially win that division if things got oh, weird. No, no. Why not? I think things like things get weird would be like Russell Wilson goes out for the year. This is Seattle's still going to win the division. That defense is still really good. They still have Russ. Like, like it's Seattle's division to win. Like, I, I know what you're saying. And like, it's not that much of a stretch given how poorly Arizona played. The Niners are going to be absolutely abysmal. But at the end of the day, it's still Seattle despite the loss today. And look, maybe things are completely different. Like, like the, the Nas Jones pick six. Like, if not for that block in the back hole and the Jeremy Lane, Mike Tyson right hook to Devontae Adams. That? Like, that's an entirely different game. Maybe, and it was a close game. Maybe Seattle wins the game and it's an entirely different conversation. I, I get the optimism with the Rams. No one is more in on the LA Rams than me, but it's still Seattle's division. Fair enough. And it should be noted that the Rams played against a Division three opponent in the 2017 Colts, who very well, and I tweeted this, and I'm not joking, this is not hyperbole, I'm not trying to be crazy, they could end up with the number one overall pick. And I've been saying this, this is, these are my Indianapolis Colts, Nick Costas. Oh, you're right, you've been all, you, dude, you've been all over from the start the entire offseason. Now, yeah. my one counter to that would be, did you watch the Jets today? But that should not take away from your overall point that this team's, and what's really impressive about it, like the Jets and Bills are trying to tank. I feel like the Colts are trying to be good. <laughs> and, and are, oh, like, Okay, you've done such a superb job all offseason long detailing how they mangled the Andrew Luck situation. Like, Stephen Morris was so clearly better than Tolzien during the preseason. Like, how in the hell do you cut Stephen Morris and send Tolzien out there? And how apropos is it that on his first pass attempt of the season, Tolzien tosses a floater up there that I could have thrown, like Henry Rowan Gardner in Rookie of the Year. Tremaine Johnson <laughs> takes it to the house for a big six. I mean, are you kidding? And then poor Chuck Pagano after the game goes, the 49ers kicked our ass. Hey, Chuck, you played the Los Angeles Rams, buddy. Yeah, it was, that was, that. Uh, this is where we're going to get some produce, production work and we'll figure it out for Sunday nights. But like, we need to have that audio of Chuck Pagata saying like the 49ers kicked our ass. Yeah, I'm in um, a hotel room in Stanford. We're, 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 we're screwed for, for this week, but we will get that going can, for next I can put my microphone up to my, uh, should you put my microphone up to my, up to my computer and just see if I can get it to play? Mm, I feel like this would be bad, oh, bad radio or bad, bad podcast audio for a while. <laughs> we got our asses kicked and, uh, Coach McVay. <laughs> he said the 49ers. <laughs> That's really – actually, the, it didn't sound that – now, look, now, look. McVay's grandfather it was associated with the Niners, and, and Pagano, not a young dude, so it's possible that he had that sort of slip of the tongue. But, I mean, that's just sort of emblematic of what was no, dude, a disgraceful you, Sunday for the Colts. When you get beat up and you're, like, and your head's ringing and you, like um, – and you're – and you don't really know what's happening – like you, like that's the thing you say. Like you're so shell shocked. You say that the wrong team. The Colts are terrible. Um, they're, I don't think they're going to win a lot of games. And I think I, I've been saying this for weeks. And people have been either like, you know, how long do you think Andrew Luck's going to be out? I'm like, I think it's going to be half a season based on the injury. Why would you rub? Why would you bring him back for this? If, if they're, if, let's say they're two and six. 
Or let's say they get let's say they let's say they start zero and four. They, how but how can you make a case for them to win a game if Tolzien's the quarterback? You can't. I mean, they have to start Brissett, don't they? I mean, he was bad. Brissett comes in one for one, fifty yards. They score a touchdown. I, I like the next play. Like Brissett needs to be starting next week. I don't care was, if he doesn't know the playbook. It doesn't he was matter. On the Patriots seven days ago. Yeah, that's it's unreal. Insane. I mean, talk about from the penthouse to the outhouse. God. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, he's playing, I guess, but I'd rather get Super Bowl rings for the Pats backing up Brady. I, yeah, the Colts are a train wreck, and they're not going to get like notice will be better anytime soon. You know, they're get, they're going to get guys coming back, but I think Chris Ballard is looking at this like, hey, look, Jim Irsay. By the way, the Colts are. are what do you think the line is for Colts? Cardinals at Colts. So the Cardinals just. Oh, won. I, I, oh, I know it. It's an. I, I kind of want to take the Colts because the line's ridiculous. It's like seven and a half. The Cardinals are seven and a half point favorites on yeah, the road in Indianapolis, Indiana. and the Cardinals just got got handed to them by the Lions. It's and they're, I mean, and they're a you, favorite on the road. The Colts are one of the, the Colts might be one of the two worst teams in the NFL. I mean, right there with the Jets, they're they're straight up terrible. They lost to the Rams nine to forty six. Nine yes. to forty six. It's it's pretty 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 bad. Now, the one thing for the Colts, why you might want to get luck back, and this is sort of segues into a game that I, I I'm really hot on and really want to get into this is the AFC South. Yeah. The AFC South's up in the air, man. Uh, yeah. Just like we all thought, the Titans zero and one, the Texans zero and one, the Colts zero and one, the Jacksonville Jaguars in sole possession mean, of first place. You mean the Saxonville Jaguars? I love that the Saxonville <laughs> Jaguars. Right. Will Jacksonville. This defense was unreal against the Houston Texans, and we both could not have been more wrong. We both waxed poetic about the Texans. We both loved them, minus five and a half or minus six. This was an outright ass-kicking physical domination by Tommy Coughlin, Dougie Marone, Leonard Fournette, and Jacksonville, man. I this is Lance Campbell, too. Yeah, Tennessee. So, so the Super Contest sends out their consensus picks. Like, here are the top picks that have been taken by everybody. Four of Cincinnati. my five. Cincinnati was number one. Yeah. No, four, my, four of my five. The, the four I missed were in the top. I had Philadelphia, and I won that one. And then Cincy, Tennessee, Houston, and um, who's the other one I took? Oh, Arizona were all in the top. And I, that, I was like, I saw that. I was like, I've lost, I, if I go over five, I won't be surprised. Um and I think Houston is a really bad football team. When we were in Vegas, I went up to the ticket window and put the I bet they're under at eight and a half wins. I am loving that right now with the loss of the Jaguars in week one at home. Do you know what their schedule looks like? Because this is about to get ugly for a team with a bad offensive line that could not protect Tom Savage, then had to bench Tom Savage for Deshaun Watson. I know you love Deshaun Watson. Well, can we, and can we, we take a moment just to give JLC some credit. JLC's been killing Bill O'Brien since we started this podcast for the quick hook. He could not have been more right. And, and, and JLC, I mean, it literally, it took, it took 30 minutes of football for Bill O'Brien to pull Tom Savage. It was like, 3 p.m. It was 2.45. It was 2.45. Because I look, I was like, I was like, man, this is. I was like, I feel like it's. Uh, we haven't been doing this this long, right? Like, I looked at the clock. It's two forty. It was okay. We're recording this podcast at twelve twenty three at the a.m. at this exact moment. He like, I mean, like it was twelve hours. I mean, like, like he was. I mean, it was crazy. He was. He. We've been recording this podcast for almost as long as Tom. As Tom Savage, Savage was, was starting quarterback, quarterback of the, of the Texans. Texans in the regular season. Yeah. Incredible. And Houston gets. Cincinnati in Cincinnati, and Cincinnati didn't look very good. But, but that's man, a, that's I think I might take the Texans to win that game if Watson's starting. It's a Thursday. Sandy Dalton played, and as bad as that Bengals offensive line was, it's a Thursday night game, so it's a short week. You're disadvantaged if you're traveling. God, yeah, the over under is like got to be like thirty two. Like, um, like then they go. 
then they go at the Patriots, then they yes. host the Titans, host the Chiefs, oh. then they host the Browns, and then they go at at the Seahawks. I don't think it's out of the question for them to win one of those games. Um, Houston, definitely rough for them. I do think they'll be different with the energy of Deshaun Watson coming up on Thursday night because you have to assume Watson's going to be the guy at this I point. Hope right? so. Yeah, but but for Jacksonville, is this a team that could potentially win this? I mean, like, because if you got it, like, I know you're you're smiling. People can't see it audio medium, but like, you're, you kind of get that smile on your face. But if you're Tom Coughlin, like when you drew it up this offseason, this was what you wanted, right? Like you wanted to be able to pound the ball with Leonard Fournette. Fournette looked great. 26 carries for 100 yards and a touchdown. Bortles only completed 11 passes. He only threw 21. Didn't make the backbreaking mistake. Didn't throw an interception. They sacked the Houston quarterbacks 10 freaking times in this game. Calais Campbell with Jaguars, Two records set. Jaguars set the record for most sacks by by the Jaguars in franchise history in one game, 10. And Calais Campbell set the most sacks for by one individual in a game three and a half and you're right the Wait, offense, what's that what's that second stat that you just gave Calais Campbell had the most sacks by any Jacksonville Jaguar in a single game oh, oh gotcha gotcha by any, no, 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 any human in a single game right 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 yeah. um yeah I mean yeah this is what you want you want a, a, a Blake Bortles doesn't kill you Fournette runs the ball effectively they were much better running the ball against a good defensive front seven than we expected them to be and Cam Robinson abused Jadavian Clowney in this game. Yeah. Like, and that's Alan a thing Robinson, that happens. By, Alan Robinson, by the way, out for the year, that is a dagger blow. And that sucks, man, because, like, I've gotten Contract to know Alan year. a little bit from being down in South Florida. Um, one of his buddies used to work with us at CBSI. I just feel for Alan in a contract. He'll still get paid next offseason, but... You know, I have well wishes to Allen Robinson, and that does hurt the Jaguars here. And, you know, I was the only one out of all of us that didn't take the Titans to win the AFC South. Despite the loss to Oakland, and we can, we'll can we talk some Raiders here because that was an impressive win, I still do think it's Tennessee's division to win. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I looked, But it ain't the Colts. No, it's not. And it ain't the, I don't think it's the Texans either. I, I think that you how, – how can I – how could I possibly disagree with you at this point? Let's put, let me put it this way. The Jaguars – have a better t- okay. So there are three teams right now that are first place in their division that should not be there based on what everyone thought going in: the yep. Jaguars, the yep. Buffalo Bills, mm-hmm. and uh, um, and uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Rams. Yeah. Out of those three teams, the team the that Jaguars. is the most likely to win by, the division by far. by far the Jaguars. Like the Bills are not winning the division, right? No, no. The Rams could, the Rams could, but the but the competition is much more difficult. And I think we all. F- stupidly, stupidly forgot that even though Tennessee was competitive last year and came along and played really well for long stretches, that they laid some major eggs last year. And I don't think they played that poorly against Oakland, but I don't think they played that well against Oakland. No, 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 they didn't. And and I think what was surprising, like the Raiders defense isn't that good. And somehow with that offensive line and the two hammers at running back, the Titans could not run the ball in this game. Do, do you know what? I didn't realize this, and literally until 15 minutes ago, or like whatever time we, I was walking up and I saw the highlight on the on the TV. Do you know how they started this game? Tennessee, I don't. They onside kicked it. Oh no, I did know that. Yeah, come yeah. on, Malarkey. What are you like? Like what? Well, no, actually, I kind of like that, Mike. No, Malarkey. no, you don't start the season with an onside kick. Well, it's, it was like Jack Del Rio going for two last year in Week One against the Saints at the end of the game, and and it worked out. The Titans got nine possessions. Maybe not the same thing. The Titans got nine possessions all game. That is not a lot of possessions. No. Nine. I mean, like, you can't 
give the Raiders that kind of field position and they start on the 50 and they just march 50 yards in four plays and score a touchdown to Amari Cooper. You can't, you can't do that when your defense isn't good. I, I got a couple notes on the Raiders. Number one, Derek Carr was sensational. Yeah. He's a legit MVP candidate. Yep. Number two, Marshawn Lynch, 18 for 76. Did have a 14-yard run in there, but I thought he mostly looked pretty good. I don't know that he's all the way beast mode like he was in Seattle, but I think that was more good than bad for Marshawn Lynch. And my biggest note for the Raiders, and this is maybe more of a fantasy note, because generally when they get down towards towards the end zone, um, in the red zone, it's either Crabtree or Seth Roberts. They, they went feeding. out of their way feeding Amari Cooper, feeding Amari Cooper. And I think Cooper's going to have just a huge breakout in, in season number three. That AFC West, man, and we'll see what happens on Monday night. I, we both like the Chargers to win that game over, over the Broncos. But Kansas City, uber impressive on Thursday night in handling the New England Patriots. The, Ra- the Raiders, uber impressive. Not as impressive as the Chiefs, obviously. But Oakland, you go on the road, you beat the Titans by 10 points. That's pretty impressive. Very impressive. That's a damn, damn good division. It really is. And by the way, I should, I should let you and the podcast listeners know because we are all collective degenerates and football lovers that um, – on Thursday afternoon, I was doing a little research into some numbers, and I had the opportunity to purchase uh, Philip Rivers at M- for MVP. What okay. Do you the, what do you think the number is? 18. 60 to 1. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I think wow. it was a fluke. I don't know what it was doing at 60, but I got it at 60. Good for you, buddy. That, yeah. That's excellent, I mean, it's, look, it's not going to happen. They're going to lose. They're gonna lose. crazier things have happened than that. Yeah, right. I mean, sixty. To, if it had been thirty to one, I wouldn't touch it. What about Alex Smith for MVP at this point? Yeah, right. Or, um, but I do agree that Derek Carr is a viable MVP candidate. And look, you can't beat the Raiders when you when Marshawn Lynch has the same number of rushing attempts as Derek Henry and Mark and uh, Derek Henry and, and Demarco Murray combined. No, you can't. And it was just a weird game plan. It felt like from Tennessee and. You're right. Like they really did not. And I think that they can overcome it because the division's not good. But ugh, man, Mariota's really good. But I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I just Mariota threw 41 times in this game. You're not going to win like that. I like, did your, not your get a good is feeling. pounding the ball. Yeah. And I, I did think, not and, get a good feeling about the Titans. And see, that's week. sort of my point about the onside kick is like, just play your game, dude. You don't have to be this like wild and crazy, like, you know, guy who's going for for weird stuff. I mean, just run the ball effectively. Like you're not Riverboat Ron. Like you're not Jack Del Rio. Like you're you're not Jack Del Rio. Like why are you trying to out out Del Rio Del Rio? Derek Carr, 22 of 32. That was fantastic. Yeah. Merida didn't great. Targeted Corey Davis 10 times. Delaney Walker, nine targets. He's going to be special, man, Corey Davis. And he's going to have have a good year at this first year. And I think, by the way, Amari Cooper, 13 targets, only five catches. Um, I think you're right about the, uh, the big year for, for Amari Cooper. When you look at the Atlanta Falcons, what do you see? Um, I think that they'll be okay. I, I don't. I don't bang on them for for the fashion in which they won the game today. You know, sincerely, and you know, I picked the Bears to cover. So, like, I'm not surprised by how yeah. close it was. was it a super contest pick. Uh, well, no, yes, it was nice. super contest Good pick, job. six and a half. So, cover covered so by see, a half point. That's but see, like, see again, like I'm I'm bagging on Mike Malarkey for not playing his game. I'm not playing my game. What am I doing? coming out here? I'm like, I got five favorites, baby. Some road chalk. I got these favorites. They're gonna lock in. I got to go and get the six and a half home dog against against the against the Falcons, who I think are going to struggle this season. It's not playing my game. I got to play my game this week. Well, look, we should we need to stop forcing ourselves to make picks on Thursday when like we really should be making them on on Saturday morning. But story for another time. So 
to me, the only thing that mattered about this game was the W. And the Falcons got it. It almost didn't happen. It almost didn't happen. And give Mike Lennon some credit. I mean, look, he was he wasn't great, but like he did enough to win the game. Like he legitimately did enough to win the game. And Jordan Howard, a really rough drop on the goal line on third and goal. And then he gets sacked on fourth and goal. But he quieted the uh, the Trubisky crowd for at least another week, did Mike Lennon. And I think you give two things about the Bears some credit. Number one, this defense is going to was improved. And I think we'll be a pretty good unit all year. And number two, Tariq Cohen, man. Yeah, buddy. Him and Jordan Howard down by your neck of the woods in North North Kakalaka A&T. Uh, Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard, a pretty intriguing one-two punch at um at running back. And as far as the Falcons are concerned, maybe an added dimension on offense now because Austin Freeman and Coleman are still there. Yep, Julio Sanu and Gabriel still there. But now a tight end, a young tight end vertical threat, not Jacob Tammy plotting. Um, Austin Hooper stretching that field, man. Another dimension. I sounded like John Gruden just now. Like, man, you see this Austin Hooper, man, stretching the field, man. Uh, I did like watching Austin Hooper. The biggest concern for the uh, Bears, I think. (laughs) So Tariq Cohen had 12 targets. But that might not be that, like, I mean, they don't have any receivers. I mean, like, now it sounds like Kevin White's probably out for the year. So that's five games for him in in three years. That's really bad. People were debating him and him and Amari Cooper. And like, and it wasn't like outrageous. Like no. the debate was, it was not, and it wasn't like one of those debates, like, like, like where you can say, like, it was really obvious that they should have gone one way or the other. Like it was a legit debate. Yeah. No, you were like, well, Kevin White might have more upside. It's so stupid. We did these things in draft times. Like Kevin White might have more upside than Amari Cooper. It's like, this guy's been, like he's, he's took Julio Jones's place and didn't skip a beat. Like just yeah. to go with Amari Cooper. Um, yeah. yeah I, I think the Bears offense is going to, I think the Bears are going to struggle. They, they could have used to, they could have, they really could have – they needed to steal this win, and it just you know didn't happen. It came close. No, and look, they're not a playoff team, but like like, like John Fox needs to save his job, right? And I but think that if they get – They're going to be They're going to be like two and seven by the time their bye comes around. They're not going to win a lot yeah, of but games. Then it, but yeah, but then, but then it's Trubisky time. So and, – and but that's – you know, Bears not neither here nor there. I can't wait for Falcons-Packers next week at the the new Falcon Stadium. That'll be pretty good on um on, on Sunday night. I, I got to – Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, what concerns you more, the Cincinnati Bengals scoring zero points or the Pittsburgh Steelers only beating Cleveland by three? Oh, it's the Bengals. It's yeah, the Bengals yeah, because because yeah. I think that we all expect – and by the way, that's exactly where I was going, so we're sharing yeah, a brain. Go, go, Your segue is going to be better yeah. than mine. Um, Cleveland's going to be game this year. Kaiser's a vast improvement over the direct that they've put out their quarterback recently. Um, offensive lines better. The defense is clearly better. Wait till they get Miles. They could have won this game if Miles Garrett's rushing the passer. Antonio Brown basically won it single handedly for Pittsburgh. Le'Veon Bill still knocking the rust off. Pittsburgh's going to be just fine. T.J. Watt was so good in this game in his NFL debut, and I think if if this defense can get better, then Pittsburgh is a legit challenger to New England and the rest of the elite in the AFC. So I'm not concerned about Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh got the win. That's what matters. Cincinnati, man. And Will, you kind of nailed this too, and I think both of us deserve to get banged on a little <laughs> I went bit. The wrong way, but I nailed it. <laughs> no, no, because we we've been saying it like if this Bengals offensive line can get it together, then they've got a shot. And like you talked about Fisher and Abuye, right? The, the the two tackles, um, the two young tackles needing to stand up. If 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 they, they can protect Dalton, then they could do something. Man, they were both really bad, and Baltimore's defense swallowed up Andy Dalton, and Dalton was atrocious in this game. He was bad. Andy Dalton. And to me, the story almost isn't Cincinnati being bad. 
It's how good the Ravens were in this game. Like, I think we might have slept on Baltimore a little bit here as a postseason threat. Might. We definitely have. No, I mean, 100% yes. slept on Baltimore. Um, I saw somebody, and I can't remember who it was, so I don't want to guess him, guess wrong. I think it was at NFL.com, but I'm not sure. But the, they were pointing out the Ravens, what the Ravens can do to make the playoffs is win. If they can score 21 points a game, they can kind yeah, of create a, 10 six. Yeah, but but they can create a poor man's version of that 2001's Raven team that that didn't have a lot of you know, didn't have any offense and had one of the greatest defenses in the you know the history of football. Um, a bit of a stretch, but like I understand the comparison. Well, the being poor that, man's team. I mean, like the idea being like not 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 a, poor, a destitute man's okay, team. Look, look like, uh, ho- like ho- hobo under the bridge. Okay, <laughs> poor man's. <laughs> Homeless man's a homeless man's version of the Ravens from 2001. The defense is really good. It's deep. It's talented. All of their losses really in terms of personnel and injuries and stuff were on offense. The defense is going to do damage. If Joe Flacco can just produce something and Terrence West can run behind that line, they can definitely make a run in the playoffs. I, I, I would, I would. Wood head injury hurts. Yeah, I would take them over Cincinnati. I mean, obviously, right? Like you would take them over Cincinnati now if you could flip. Like, like if I could flip my picks, I would take the Bengals out of the playoffs. I don't know if I'd put the Ravens in. I, would, I, don't, I didn't have the Chiefs in the playoffs, so I'd put them in. But Bengals might be trash. It has felt for so long that, like, it's almost like Marvin Lewis is a Supreme Court justice. Like, he keeps the job until he dies. But, like, that's really not the case. Right. I think this could finally be it for Marvin. Yeah, and I think Jason Lockerford has reported this a bunch. We should, we'll talk to him about it this week about it, but um, Marvin, he's always said that Marvin, he thinks could ultimately take a front office gig with the, with the Bengals. Who, who the, like who the hell would want Marvin Lewis? Like, like what? Well, sort of like a tenure, like, like, like his job for life. You just move him into it's the front. On, like, like it's on, like, like football supposed to be a meritocracy. Like, yeah. well, what does that mean? He's the second longest tenured coach. And I, do, like, I think it's important to give Marvin Lewis credit because the Bengals for a long time were He's terrible. never won a playoff game. I know, but still, like, he, they were really, really, really bad before Marvin No, and, and you're right. Like, and for younger listeners, Will and I are around the same age. Will's 36, I'm 34. Like, when we were growing up, the Bengals were the laughing stock the in Bengals the national were the football. Browns. And, and almost, I don't know if they were worse, probably about the same thing. I mean, the Bengals from like 2002 to 2000, when did Marvin get there? Nine, 2009? No, dude, right? dude, Marvin's been there since like 2003. Is it Marvin's been there since 2002? So it was like 92. Marvin's to... been there since Carson Palmer. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Marvin's been there for like 14 years. Well, so like Dick LeBeau was the, Dick LeBeau was the, the last. The coach. coach was before Marvin Lewis, correct. Yes, before Marvin. Yeah, you're right. Marvin's been there since 03. LeBeau was 02. Okay. Right, right. So I, I got my numbers mixed up. That's probably the beer speaking. It's fine. Um, <laughs> from 91 to 2002. Yeah, because 1990, the Bengals made the playoffs. How about this? This is how sick my memory is. They lost to the Houston Oilers in the postseason. That's correct. Here's yep. the, here, I'm just going to. Samuel was, White that was, was the head coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam Weiss's last year was in 91. I'm going to rip through very quickly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just do the numbers for the number of games they won leading up to Marvin Lewis arriving there. Now, keep in mind, after this, now we're talking Shula's kid. Don Shula's kid is the coach at this point in 91. 3 5 3 3 7 8 7 3 4 4 6 2. And then Marvin showed up in 03 and they won eight games. I mean, like, and, and, and he got into the playoffs three years later. 
and a series of number one overall picks that included the likes of Kajana Carter, Big Daddy, Big Daddy. Wilkinson. Uh, they took Achilles Smith at number three overall, David Klingler at quarterback um, in the early 1990s. So the Bengals, you're right. Uh, Peter Warwick at number six overall. I actually thought he'd be good. He turned into a bust, but but you're, you're right. So Morvin like, does deserve some credit for, for the playoffs appearances, but they never won a game in the postseason with Marvin. So at some point, Marvin's got to go. And it was almost like it was almost insulting how bad they were in this game today. And the other thing, too, is that by keeping Marvin around – and not moving him to like even if you move into this emeritus role, you have lost. Hugh what has he done? To, okay, yeah, yeah, go on. You're right. Yes, but you've lost Hugh Jackson. You've lost Jay, Jay Gruden. Gordon. You've lost yeah. Mike Zimmer. Um, you know, you might lose uh, Paul Gunther if he decides to go somewhere else. He's a great defensive coach. I mean, like at some point, like Marvin's done a great job bringing up these young coaches. But if you lose like one of those, like you knew Marvin wasn't going to coach until 2030, and Mike <laughs> Zimmer might be a great head coach. Jay Gruden is a is an underrated head coach, I think. Man, but, uh, plays, but 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 listen, that was and we get to Redskins Eagles here now. Um, yeah. That was a pretty bad performance by the Redskins. And Kirk Cousins was not very good in this game. And for Philly, it sort of encapsulated the Carson Wentz experience, like moments of improvisational genius mixed in with dashes of just utter pure madness, terrible passes, just a, 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 an atrocious interception returned by Ryan Kerrigan for a touchdown. Um but I think Philly's really good. I think you were prescient when you picked them to win the division. I think that could definitely happen. Offensive firepower, a really good front seven. I do. I think you nailed it with Philly. Like your analysis was spot on. I think um, prior to week number one. Thank you, and I, I I appreciate it. I think I also I nailed this game. This is the only game in the Super Contest I got right. But I think that yeah, I mean like Philly was what I was hoping that they would be. And I also think I nailed the Redskins stuff too, because if you look at what the Redskins offense was like, it was discombobulated. <laughs> they're they're not of the same what was that? They're not of the same. Um I I was watching this this girl post sent me something on Instagram and I thought my volume was off. It's um, <laughs> sorry. It's Who's the girl? Um we're leaving this in the podcast by the way. Yeah, do you see the picture or no do you no, see I it? I can't see it. You gotta hold it up to the no, to the to the camera in the middle. This is terrible podcasting. So anyway, that'll work. Um, yeah, that's cool. A lot of that happening in the Brinson household. Um, none of that happening in the Brinson household. Uh, but the, anyway, the Redskins were discombobulated. You could tell that Jay Gruden. You're had, you're discombobulated at the I'm moment. Having <laughs> seen that, uh, you, but you could tell that the the pieces weren't in place. Eleven targets, six catches for Terrell Pryor. You know, Chris Thompson is the third leading receiver. Ryan Grant's her second leading receiver. Kirk Cousins wasn't on the same page. It just, it just felt like they were off and they were, and they were, while being off, they were dealing with all this pressure from that Philly front seven. And I think that just made it really, really difficult for the, for the, for the Redskins offense to get going. They got totally hosed late in the game with a buck 30 left. Yeah. Can you go through this? Points. This was as bad as it gets for the officials. It's, but it's, but it's a centralized, re- centralized review in New York. How do you mess that up? How do you not? <laughs> Kirk Cousins' arm is clearly going forward and giving that 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 uh that the ball back with a minute thirty left. Now I'm happy about it because the Eagles won and covered, but man, that was ugly. Um, now I do think I, I'm not overly worried. I don't think the Redskins are a playoff team, but I don't think they're as as bad as they were today. I think they'll be okay. So a couple things of note: Terrell Pryor is going to have a good year. Terrell Pryor was not good in this game. 
On the first play of the game for the Redskins, the first play of their season, he loses a ball in the sun that could have been a deep pass for a touchdown. He later he dropped the ball in the sun. He dropped it, right? Well, well, he had two. He lost. He lost it in the sun the first time. The second time was an outright drop, wide open in the end zone. Yeah. So if one of those plays happens, we're talking about potentially an entirely different ball game. Two and of I those think plays happen. The Redskins roll. Yeah, I, I, and I think that. If you play this game 10 times, Philly maybe wins six out of 10 times, but the Redskins could have won four, and today was could have been one that the, the Redskins could have won. And like I said, I do think that the Redskins will bounce back next week. I think they'll beat the Rams. The spread's two and a half. Everyone's going to take the Rams because all oh, Rams are going to win by three, and then the Washington Redskins will win the game outright. So, so I think that Washington will be okay. But for me, it was more me being impressed with Carson Wentz and the Eagles than it was because this is what I expect from the Redskins. But I wanted to see Carson Wentz and the Eagles go out and do it and in week number one will they did just that can i can i tell you a story about what happened to me on saturday i'm pulling this band-aid off right now which is please awesome. great podcasting so we um me and zeke really gross like please don't show me that i don't want to see that uh, okay he did <laughs> me and it's zeke awesome. loaded up my car old yukon to take over pick up my buddy nathan and then we went we have this ice cream truck we tailgated it's a modified old ice cream truck you can like lift up the like the you can like open the thing out and the tv swings out we have a big flat screen attached to it there's a bunch of this sounds awesome yeah it's freaking great there's a there's like an eight foot awning that rolls out over the top of the like where the tv is and we set the chairs out next to it and no, then, but you uh, can like open it up like where like the guy hands ice cream you can like give people beer and stuff oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like we were cooking brats and stuff out there but we have like a bunch of like <sighs> the guy who the guy who um who redid the truck, modified the truck is like really good with like carpentry and stuff. And he installed like fridges and these nice cabinets in there. So it's like, it's like a rolling tailgate party. So we're going over there and, and me and uh, Nathan were in charge of setting up the tailgate this week. I went to the liquor store with my three-year-old son, um, on, <laughs> on the real solid parenting. But I will say, I think it happens more than more. Oh, so that, that was my question. First of all, I went to the liquor store. <laughs> With my three-year-old son. Yeah. So do you think that – what's the ruling? And I, I would love for listeners to tweet me and tell me because I'd love to get a ruling on that. I meant to tweet it, but I didn't feel like looking like a, a degenerate on Saturday morning. What's the ruling on taking a kid to a liquor store? And bear in mind, this is not like Florida where you have to – we can go to Total Wine and get it. This is like an ABC government-owned board. Like, and, you know, I mean – you know, I, I'm sort of reticent to criticize anything that parents do, considering I, I don't have a, any kids and that I, I really don't spend a lot of time like around kids. So I, I don't want to judge you here, buddy. I don't really know what the answer is. I don't know if it's OK or not. Well, I would say two things. One, um, it seems like it would be something that like would probably like, like, yes, yes. Like, like I laughed pretty hard when you said it because you said it very nonchalantly as if like, yeah, you know, I had a, a sandwich for lunch. I played around the golf and I took my three year old to the liquor store. <laughs> Well, one, adults drink liquor and adults have kids. And sometimes, like my wife, my wife was she was doing some part time work at this like store. The, the, the intersection. There was no. I had. To, I was in charge of providing the liquor for the tailgate, so I had to buy the liquor. And I had a kid, and there was so when no you way. walked in, did like did like the person at like the cashier like look at you funny, or was it like business as usual? In fact, surprisingly, I get up, I got, and I had to get two half gallons, and I got an extra fifth because it was on. There was a fifth on sale of, of High West. Uh, bourbon that I wanted to get. So I'm like bringing these and like Robbie's sort of a wild card. Like he could have grabbed a bottle and pulled it over and, and wrecked shop. So I'm like, all right, come on, buddy. And we get up to the counter. The guy pulls out a bag. He has a, he has a bowl of, of candy because apparently a lot of people bring kids there. The cashier, um, this guy, this guy sounds like he, like a sex offender. No, 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 no. It's like, no, no, no cause they're government employees. 
because they work at ABC stores in North Carolina. Oh yeah, because they're government employees. Like they can't, they can't no, no, be no, no, involved he, in anything he, below board. Like, you know, like, you know, like, like sometimes you go to a store and they're like, oh, like we have this, you know, thing, like kids coming here a lot, so we have to. It was like, it was just yeah, yeah, because yeah, I know because when you think of places like like kids go, you give them candy. You think like you know like you got the barber shop, you got the toy store, and of course the liquor store. Of course, liquor stores in North Carolina are a little bit different. Anyway. So I would love to know what listeners think about the the kosherness of taking your kid to a liquor store. Um, and and I'll, I will also point out real quickly before I finish the story that my wife once took Robbie to Total Wine, which is just a wine store, and they don't sell liquor there in North Carolina. And this guy like berated her in the parking lot. Was like, "You're taking him in there?" And she was like, "What? What, what do you like? Bleep you, pal!" Like, you, yeah, I mean, go 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 away, chief. Yeah, it's like, what, what, you're like, you just left Total Wine too. What's your deal? like? Like, who who asked you for your opinion, guy? So, so we, we, I go to the liquor store, load up. We got this tailgate ready to go. We got a fit. We got a half gallon of bullet and a half gallon of Tito's feeling good. We're going to, what's that? I love Tito's. Love I Tito's. probably right. had, while I was waiting for one of my three flights on Thursday night to get out of South Florida, 14. I would say I had probably 13, yeah, like 13 <laughs> Tito's and tonics to the point that I was drunk during the entire Chiefs Patriots game, then sat on the runway for two hours, was hung over on the runway, and then by the time that I landed in oh. Baltimore, I was not drunk anymore. Oh, and that's felt awful. That's awful. It really was. It was it was terrible. So we pull into Nathan's house, right? Me and Zeke are going to get Nathan, and we gotta load up all this food from Nathan's fridge into the car. And Nathan goes with the first load of food to he opens up the back of my car, both half gallons fall out of the back of the car and Shatter oh, on no. his driveway. Shatter. I mean, it's like because I cut myself on the glass. That's why. I, that's why I was reminded. Wow. Of we we one hundred and twenty dollars worth of liquor just pouring down his driveway. Now, in this situation, who is to blame? I know Nathan, the guy who opened the door. The guy, the guy who opened it, or the yeah. guy who packed the car. I, I you know, probably like fifty-one percent Nathan, forty-nine. Yeah. It's close. Okay. Like, but Nate, you can't just like fling the trunk open. Like, Nate, yeah, you, yeah, you might yeah. want to. I was like, he's like, he's like, you didn't pack the car right. I'm like, why are you? I was like, you didn't think there might be like, and, and, his, and his driveway's on an angle too. Oh, well, then it's, then it's 65% his fault, 35%. That's where I am too. Thank you. I think you, I appreciate that. I, that's what I'm looking for. Instant. I should have tweeted out the poll, but when I started talking about it, it sounds so stupid. Like, who's at fault here? The guy who packs the car? And Nathan had a good point. You can't just walk around like you're opening up cars. You can't just be like diving in, like expecting the liquor to come flying out. Anyway, that's my story from the weekend. We lost a bunch of liquor. Moving on to more football games. Uh, there's only one we haven't hit. Yeah. The Carolina Panthers. Um, the Niners are really bad. I hope I'm just, I'll say this about San Francisco for me. I'm counting down the games until CJ Beathard gets to play because I think he's better than Hoyer. And I think he could be the future for them at quarterback. Probably not, but I think he's got a chance. Um, and I hope Ruben Foster gets back on the field soon. That was a nasty looking injury. He went back onto the sidelines, but he may miss some time. He might be the best player on the entire team already through one game as a linebacker for, for the 49ers. That's all I have to say about San Francisco for the Panthers. Um, Cam didn't get hurt, which is a good thing. I think they overwhelmed, um, an overmatched opponent. Um, Christian McCaffrey, I know San Francisco's defense is pretty good. I was expecting a little more from Christian McCaffrey in his, in his NFL debut. I think that the Kareem Hunt stuff hurt McCaffrey. Do you guys, I, I don't know. I think that even if Kareem Hunt had gone like, instead of like 900 total yards, like he had on Thursday night, if he had done nothing, like if, if Spencer Ware had never gotten – Just a casual yeah. 850? 
I, I still would have expected more from McCaffrey because if you look at it like like the compiling, right? 18 touches, 13 carries, five receptions. Um, I'm trying to do math here. What is it, 85 yards in totality on those 18 uh, yeah, touches? Yeah, yeah, 85. Yep. What was missing, like it's like volume wise, like he got he got the touches right, but he didn't look like Christian McCaffrey. Like he didn't look like Stanford Christian McCaffrey. And maybe that's the problem is that I was expecting him to look like Stanford Christian McCaffrey because he's not playing Washington State and Oregon State. He's playing an NFL team in the San Francisco 49ers. But I don't know. Like you take this guy number eight overall. Like Fournette looked great. Um, Ezekiel Elliott looked great in his first game last year. I was a little disappointed in Christian McCaffrey. I think I, I do think that the Panthers. I don't think the Panthers are 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 good enough to say we're going to overlook this game. But I think they went into this game thinking if we can, if our defense plays the way our we think our defense can, and we can snuff out this Niners offense, and they did. The Niners scored three points the whole game. It was never this game was never close. No, um, the spread was never in question, and we can run Jonathan Stewart. We don't need to break out our full bag of tricks. You might be right. You could very well be right about I that. Also think, I also think that the 49ers defense is better than we think. I, I, I agree, and I actually think their defense is pretty good, so I'm I, with you. I, yeah, that's the thing. I think the 49ers defense is pretty good. I think the Panthers might be a very good football team. Well, you know that really I like good defense. Yeah. You know that I like them. I picked them as a wild card team. You got them winning the NFC South. I like the Panthers this year, so I, I, I could see that. They're going to need more from Cam eventually. And I know, like, first game back, didn't do a lot in the offseason. I I don't think they, like, took this game totally lightly. But I think this was sort of like a pre – I don't know. I don't want want to accuse them of looking at the 49ers and saying that's a win. Because I think they – I think I don't think any NFL team would ever do that. But I think they did look at this game and say, okay, if we can go out there and run the ball and play great defense – Cam doesn't have to do everything. I mean, 25 passing attempts. They, they, you know, they, I think they looked at this game and even maybe the Bills game next week as let's ramp Cam up. Yeah. The schedule that, is friendly from that respect. Yeah. So they could be two and oh, then they host the Saints. You could easily make the case they're three and oh. Then they go to New England. That'll probably be a loss, but who the hell knows? But I mean, Panthers start three and oh after what happened last year, like the rough season with the Super Bowl hangover. I think you give the, uh, the Panthers a shot. So I was happy to see it because I think they'll be a playoff team. So the Panthers getting off to a good start now at one and oh. Uh, Will, two Monday night games. We gave our picks already on Thursday. Just to reiterate, I like the both, um, underdogs, both road teams to both cover and win outright. Both super contest picks for me. As you know, I am hashtag Mr. Monday night. Um, I will be taking the Saints plus the three or the three and a half, whatever you get it at. I like it at either. And the L.A. Chargers plus three or plus three and a half. And I think both teams win the game outright. I concur with you. And I would also like to reiterate that Adrian Peterson will run for 200 yards. An awful prediction. Awful. Until it happens. Until it he happens. He that first carry and he jailbreaks it for 89 yards. And you guys are like, oh, ho, ho. Oh, but you, you know, listen, I'm not like, like, like Frisco will never give you credit for anything. I yeah, give you credit yeah, yeah, yeah. when, you, when you, I'll give you credit when you're right. No problem. If you, <laughs> if you hit, you hit that, uh, I might come down to North Carolina, take Robbie to the liquor store for you and then throw a parade for you. <laughs> I might go actually have some of that liquor that I bought the other day. Good thing I saved that, uh, that high West. All right. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We are, it is late at night. Um, we'll be back midweek to break down, uh, what, you know, some more action to get prepped for the weekend. Um, we're still in transition for hurricane mode. So, you know, give us, yeah, well, well, really. And that, that's the thing, like, and this is the thing that, and look, obviously like, like what I'm going through is, is very trivial given the fact that like people, 
may have lost homes, lost power. It seems like South Florida mostly escaped unscathed. And like, I, and I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but it's just really what people have told me. I know Miami got hit really hard. It seems like Fort Lauderdale really missed the brunt of it. I know that I have family in Boca that missed the brunt of it. So Tampa, it seems Tampa, like, you know, you know, it's actually crazy. It's like, I think if they had moved that dolphins came to Tampa, because it was going to be. I don't think. I, I don't think it would have worked either way. No, no. Tampa got it worse because the hurricane. They would know, have Tampa, yeah, there'd be a bad, bad, but bad I, in both. I, so I that think, was. Not I think. I think what's going to happen with the hurricane is the damage is going to end up being primarily storm surge and water damage, as opposed to wind. I, th- I think. Yes. And, like. No, I know. I think that you're right about that. I think that you're right. Cat to. I think there's a lot of water coming in, but I mean, that's, you know, that just happens in hurricanes. Hopefully this next one, Jose veers back out to the sea. Please, please. No way, Jose, please, please veer out. Um, so we can't go back here. There's a crew of us here from CBS here in Stanford until we're sure that like our office is good. Like our yeah, office. Is yeah. Water. You might no, be there for two weeks. I mean, oh God, please, please, God, no. Like I want to get back as soon as possible. We can go back as early as Tuesday. It's now Monday morning slash Sunday night, almost 1 a.m. here on the East Coast. I hope that we get to go back on Tuesday. It could be longer than that, but I, I don't know what the hell is going to happen here. So who knows what the schedule is going to be like. Can I just add one thing before we get out of here? I, I got to say, the people on the Weather Channel really pissed me off. <laughs> like, I, I, I get it. Like, I was worried this is going to be like a cinema. Like, I just want to. People are great, man. People are so great. This no, is much no, better. It's not only that people aren't great. It's that I hate people. Like, I understand this weather channel. Like, this is your Super Bowl. No one watches you 360 days out of the year. So when you get a natural disaster, you want to milk it for all it's worth. And tour, baby. Like, you use you use the dramatic music, right? And actually, Danny Cannell, our new colleague at CBS Sports, shout out to Danny. Um, I worked with him a couple times this weekend. Great dude. Um, I'd love to get him on this podcast at some point. He would fit in very well with us. Was telling him, telling me about this weekend, an interview he had with Jim Cantor, where he said to Jim, like, man, like, like not saying like you root for natural. That wasn't what he was saying. You don't root for it. But like, you got to like love being in the moment like this. And he was like, no, like it's our, how dare you say that? It's like, okay, Jim, you're a human being. Of course, part of you revels in it, buddy, because no one cares about you unless there's a natural freaking disaster. Like the way that they're covering this, it's like a football game. Like, like they've got the telestrator out, Will. It's like, okay, but here's the deal. If it veers this way, if it veers to the right, then, you know, the jet stream will push it over here to the west. You've got people walking around like armchair weathermen. Like, what guys I work with, they're like, no, I think it's going to veer to the west. No, actually, I think it's going to go up the east coast. How about no one knows what the hell they're talking about? So let's just shut the hell up and see what actually happens. Have you seen the interview for the Fox News guy? Oh, what when he asked the guy about the, the weather? Like, and the Sir, how are you the handling weather? the extreme emotion of being displaced? But he's like, well, actually, we're doing pretty well. You see it hit the 80th meridian. And then, and then the guy's just like, oh, come on. It's just owning him. It's great. But like those dudes are you right. They're everywhere. Like I have two, two of my friends who live in Raleigh are like these amateur weathermen. And they're like Bronson and Josh, and, and we're like, we'll be like, all right, guys, what's the forecast for the uh, for the for the football game this weekend? They'll give us the forecast, and then literally the opposite thing will happen. And it's like nobody knows what you like. Do you guys talk about NFL people in the media not knowing what they're doing? You know who really doesn't know what they're doing? Weathermen. They don't know what they're well, doing. Like, it, it's probably. I guess you could maybe make the case that our profession is the same thing. It's like the only profession where like you you can be right zero percent of the time and still keep a job. 
Like they're never right. But like, again, it's, it's everything. It's the way that they analyze it. It's the way they cover it. Like the gravity of the situation. Like you'd think it's like San Andreas, like the movie with the rock. Like, like it's like the world's going to end when this hurricane hits. And then the armchair weather, like, I'm serious. Like I got a guy that works at CBS going to me, you know, I really think it's going to go up the East coast. I feel like saying to him, like, what are you basing that on? Like, you don't know. And like, shut up. Like, what are you talking about? Also, also, like, hey, pal, it's a giant ball of wind. It's going to do whatever the hell it wants to do. Correct. It it's not going to be like, oh, well, Steve, Steve in Fort Lauderdale thinks I'm going north. Yeah, sure, I'll just cruise north. No, it just does whatever it wants to do. Mother Nature, not beholden to man or beast or Steve from Fort Lauderdale. And, and on that note, believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please like leave a message at the beep. Um, I, I love that new State Farm commercial, if only because it allows us the opportunity to um, to revel in one of the great Seinfeld little skits or Seinfeld um, storylines uh, in the history of the greatest show in the history of television. Yeah, this, yeah right. this podcast really should be renamed Off the Rails. It is going off the rails. It's 1 a.m. on uh, on the East Coast. At the Costas on Twitter for Nick, at Will Brinson for me, Pete Prisco, Jason Lacafor. We'll be back this week. Uh, we'll make more picks. We'll be better. Subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for listening. You all are great. And we will talk to you guys in the middle of the week. Peace.